So many times on the podcast, we've talked about the concept of you can't be happy with yourself and critical with somebody else at the same time, or whatever you feel and notice and see and observe in the outer world on other people is a reflection back to you. Everything we experience outside is a projection and reflection of what is happening within us in the inside. One way of thinking about this is that we all have the capacity to truly change the world in this very instance by changing who we are inside. We get more peaceful inside. All of a sudden, the room is more peaceful. This table right now that I'm having my laptop and the recording devices on, this table could at the very same time be chaos at this very moment. There's a lot going on on this fucking table. It could be total chaos and stressing me out. And that's also very true. It's actually kind of very peaceful and very calm and still. And the way it is, is not independent from the way I am, right? The observer and the observed is one thing. Buddha figured this out way before science figured it out, right? It's kind of funny in some ways. The Buddha was kind of a cool scientist because he figured out some things and he spoke about them in a very non-religious way, right? He didn't speak. He spoke about them very plainly, but in a language that often was lacking spiritual lingo, right? Instead of going, he, you should, you know, observe God, he would say something like, you should observe the impermanence of everything, right? Impermanence is a very kind of technical term. It's not, it's not very woohoo, but not to get too sidetracked on the mad signs of the Buddha. The observant, the observed are involved in a dance in they're creating a sort of soup that is not two separate things. It is one thing, right? And we've talked about this many, many times. It's one of the most inconvenient truths to living, I think, a more truthful life is to realizing how much of your external observation of life is a mere reflection of who you are in this very moment inside. It's inconvenient because anything that irritates, anything that angers, anything that upsets, anything that hurts, that injures, it's kind of difficult to go, hmm, I wonder what my involvement in the sense of, I wonder who I am that causes this or who I am that sees it this way. What is it inside of me? that is participating or creating oftentimes when there's nothing really there. That's very inconvenient because life is seemingly very real. And so we get very lost in it. Like it's a movie that's so fucking overwhelmingly real that it's hard to remember that it ain't so. This experience is not one thing that's true and real for everybody at the same time. And I've been practicing this for many years, at first rarely, and then more frequently. And it's kind of been ever increasing in the way I've been living my life. And I find it still very inconvenient, you know, because any and every time that I lose myself in the world, there's a reason for it. It's because that is not easy for me to feel, sense, 
and truly realize. Like I get lost for a reason. There's things I won't get lost in, right? I've been telling this story for many years on stage and it was about how to become a great salesperson. <laughs> but, it, but it really goes for many other things where I would tell people, you know, to be a good parent, you can't be on the same level as your children. You need to realize that you are their parent. You have a different position. So when they are tired and sleepy and hungry at night and they get out of their mind screaming, I hate you, dad, you suck. You can't go down and go like, I hate you, everything I've done for you. Like that would be insane. You would realize if you saw a, a father screaming at a three-year-old like this, that they're losing their mind. They're not in their right mind right now, right? This is not good. And when you don't lose yourself in the reality of that small child, but you maintain your inner calmness, your inner parentness in perspective, and you see the child clearly and go, oh, my child is just tired and just hungry and is over its point. I'm going to combat this with love and with calmness and with a knowing of I don't have to take any of this for real or respond to even it. And as the child is screaming, I hate you, dad, you go, we're going to put on the pajamas, going to sleep. And the child is, no, I hate, and you just do. You don't, there's no debate. There's no negotiation. Just take off the clothes you put on and you maintain your smile and your calmness and your heart. You don't pretend you really have to embody. And eventually the child comes down and then it just follows you in the same way. When someone is irritating me or somebody is upsetting me or somebody is ruining my peace. Ah, Ramin, I was meditating this morning and I was making myself a tea and listening to, I don't know, mantras on Spotify. And like I was having such a peaceful morning and then my phone vibrates and I look and it's a message from, you know, my business partner, my boss my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whatever it is, whoever it is for you, I get a message from fill in the blank. And they wrote and it was like, motherfucker, why are you always ruining my peace? And then they, they're just inserting themselves violently into my peaceful little bubble and burst it and cause pain for me. And I am the victim of this little experience. When that happens, what's very inconvenient to realize is that, well, maybe I was just if there was true peace, let's say this way, how easy would it to penetrate? Maybe not impossible, but maybe not as easy as a little buzzer on a phone. First of all, why did you pick up the phone if you're this peaceful? Second of all, when you saw that name, you probably already felt irritated because you suspected a negative message or something that will now ruin, quote unquote, your beautiful serenity. And then why did you turn the app on to read the message? Were you this calm, this rooted in that moment truly that this little pop burst your bubble? Well, how stable of a structure was that peaceful bubble? Apparently not, not solid at all, right? It was made out of thin soap floating in the air, like ready to be popped by anything or by many things. And that's inconvenient, right? People are like, oh my God, look, I have this solid peaceful or this solid good mood and then this person is destroying it with a massive hammer. But if you really pay attention, they just looked at the direction and you burst, you burst <laughs> your bubble <laughs> the moment they look. And it's inconvenient because it, you know, it challenges you to see who you truly are in this moment and not who you'd like to be. You would like to be the peaceful, the beautiful, the spiritual, the calm, the kind, the smart the positive, but in truth, you aren't. Because if you truly were, that person could scream at you and throw things 
the more solid you are. Eventually, at the Buddha level, somebody could throw things at you and you couldn't be moved in your inner world. Right? You might physically, your body might be distorted, but your inner world could not be moved. So anytime you move, it means you're not as anchored you know, as you'd like to be. And so there's more work to do. And oftentimes, really, more often than I even realized, I now experience that people don't even burst my bubble. I burst my bubble with them. Like, I'll see your look, you know, if you look somewhat in my interpretation negatively towards I just say, and I take you and I burst my bubble. But you didn't do anything yet. You just gave me a look. Who interpreted that look as negative, as nagging, as angry, or as resentful? I had to do that in this moment. I did this on my own account and accord. Like I chose to instantly interpret what you're doing in a way that destroys my state. You're totally innocent or partially innocent at least. So even with all the practice of this, I still find myself at times, oftentimes, not at times, oftentimes tripping on this. This morning, so for the last, yeah, t- <laughs> tell me about it. This is the kind of work that ah, probably will never end, right? That's the humbling truth. Now, having said that, in all humbleness, I do believe that after many years of practice and deepening the practice, I do believe that there's, I have way easier time of doing this today than I did in the past. And when I compare when people challenge me in this, again, always hurts me. But when I compare how quickly I turn around and go, oh, this hurt must point to an inner truth. Let me look. And I don't fight it versus when I do this with other people and I go, hmm, what if, could you consider the possibility of maybe it's you that's doing When I see the reactions that people have, sometimes there's a very strong echo that comes back that's like shutting it down as quickly as possible. I go, okay, there's a difference as you practice. But the last maybe three weeks or so, there's been one person in my life that has come more to the foreground and a a sort of focus for me. It's a very important person in my life, somebody that I've been, I have a close friendship with for many, many, many years. And somebody that I deeply love and admire, and that is somebody that I work really well with and creative really well with like has taught me many many things like it's somebody that I really value in my life but this person just like myself had many gifts I received through him and there's also some burdens of having him in my life he's also a difficult person just like I am and not always convenient I've learned to for most of our relationship I've learned to accept a lot of his weaknesses at times Now I realize, you know, now I'm going through a phase where some of these weaknesses I've lost acceptance for, apparently, because they're irritating me a lot more than they used to. And he has turned into much more of a focus where I started seeing him in my dreams more often. And I started realizing, wow, out of most people in my life, he sort of has turned into a person that is that in the example. When I see his name on my phone, I know there's going to be some negativity that accompanies that in some way. And one that I I will be affected by, right? Where I used to not be affected by or not aware that, that I'm affected by it. And my first reaction is almost always the wrong reaction, which is if it's a reaction of the mind, if it's some thought and not an intuition, it's usually always almost wrong. And that was sort of a, oh, I am on this 
beautiful path and I'm feeling so happy these days and I'm so peaceful. And this now makes me realize that this person has been not these things lately. And this is why he stands out as somebody maybe that I should give less influence over my life, right? It's kind of a shut him out of your life, cast him away a little bit. And intuitively, I, I thought, mm, probably not the right move, like just shutting him out locking him out of my life, it doesn't seem very wise. That doesn't seem, it seems very fear-driven. If like, it's the same thing as like, if my child says something inconvenient, then I, he has to go down to the basement and can't come out. It doesn't seem like a father or a mother that's very kind of confident <laughs> in their life. It seems very scared of this little child, right? So I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem healthy, right? To be this scared that I'm now just going to ignore this person or not hang out with this person anymore. That seems a bit extreme. And as I was pondering it a little bit more, I thought, mm, maybe there are things inside of me that I still need to work through or something with them, but I didn't really want to go there. And then I had the thought, I should write a letter. Maybe that will help. Like, let me sit down and write a letter to this person. Maybe something will express itself through the words that will enlighten me or make me notice what's really going on here. And I did, but it was sort of a half-ass attempt. And this time it didn't flow. It didn't, it didn't happen the way that it often does for me, where something surprising reveals itself on the page. This morning, after I went to on a swim, I was contemplating again this idea of inner and outer world. That if you really want to know how you're doing inside, all you have to ask yourself is how is the world right now to me? How does the world appear to me? When I look outside and it's very, right now in Germany, it's kind of, it's a storm here in Stuttgart. So this very windy, very gray, slightly raining. If I look outside and I see depression, darkness, loneliness, coldness, that's not just the outer world. That says something about the state of being I have inside, right? That's now reflecting itself on this. So I was thinking about the world. And then I thought, you know, a much more potent part of the world for all of us are the people of the world. The world, you know, it's like, yeah, the trees and the street. And yes, of course, you might look and go, oh, this city street corner is ugly or this country is ugly. Yeah, but you know, the real shit is the people. And then I went, hmm. How do I experience the people of my life right now? And then quickly I realized there were a couple of names that pop up. And I thought, let me write down, how do I perceive them right now? And I wrote down this person's name and I wrote down just a couple of words, this, 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 and this. And then I turned it around and started writing, what if dot, dot, dot. And then I had bullet points. So if I wrote, that person seems very resentful, very angry about this and this, and very kind of stressed about that and that. Then I would write, what if I was really resentful about something or about this thing? What if I was really stressed about? With the first person that I wrote these things down, at the third thing, instantly something clicked and I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. That <laughs> is true. That is true. And I would never know it's true. But it's so true. How could I not know? So obvious. And then I wrote down this person's name because he's kind of very high up on the ladder of people that I am not feeling gracious in the way I feel towards him and not feeling comfortable. And I wrote down all the things that I, I was pretty convinced that he was a bunch of things right now that are not great, that he's in a state, that this friend is in a state of being that is not good. And then I turned it around and I wrote, what if I am 
truly or what in re- reality I was this way right now. And the humbling truth is every single fucking thing that I've been seeing about him, I have towards him. So where I thought he's really selfish right now in the way that he deals with me. And this selfishness is really irritating me. I wrote down, what if I was in reality, in real truth, really selfish towards him in the relationship? And instantly the answer was, yeah, obviously I am. Because I don't want to hear about his pain. I don't want to hear about his problems. I don't want to hear about his needs. I don't want to hear about anything that's real and true to him because I want to protect all the things that are real and true to me. And I want him to adjust to my reality. This is what I really want. I want him to leave me be or be like me. That is as selfish as what he's experiencing right now. He is actually really irritated with me because I'm not joining his reality. We both are irritated because we both see that we're at very different places and every single one of us thinks the other person should join. Like, why aren't you agreeing with my reality right now? This is irritating me. And then I went to the next point. The next point was something about, oh, he's overly stressed right now about something in life. It's like, he's so stressed when he talks to me. Even when I see him, I get stressed. Like, he's so stressed about. And then I thought, well, I'm not stressed these days. I'm super hippy-dippy. And then I thought, well, when it comes to him and some of the things that he's been talking to me about, and I thought, ah, fuck. That there's one topic that we've been discussing, and I'm very stressed about that topic. I just never noticed because if it was up to me, I would never think about this topic. I would just never consider it. It would not be present. But this motherfucker is constantly bringing up this topic to me. And I am overreacting because I can't handle this topic right now because I have stress inside of me and I was not able to see the stress to then be able to work through it. So my way of dealing with that stress was to denial, was to I will never think about this, never look at it, and then I'm totally okay. Now, this asshole comes along and constantly shoves down my throat this thing and creates stress in my life. He's not creating the stress inside of me. Like, there's no, have you ever seen stress like in a hand, in a physical form, and one person giving it to another, like a slap? It doesn't exist. I generate the stress within me through the conversation we have. He doesn't give me anything. He could be talking about the same subject and I could be totally relaxed, but I'm not because this topic is stressing me. And the reason why I overreact so strongly and why I, I placed all blame on him and I thought, my God, why is he so freaking stressed about this? It's because I am so incredibly stressed about this, but I've never understood that. I was never willing to accept it. Oh, this is a topic that I feel overwhelmed about. So I, I, I just ignore. And this person now is shoving it down my throat. And this is creating anxiety and stress within me. It's not that he's creating stress and anxiety. I feel stress and anxiety. And you know, his stress and anxiety is rising. I'm doing the same thing to him that I think he's doing to me. He feels incredibly stressed by me because he wants to talk about the simple thing and I just don't want to hear it. And I create stress in him because of my denial, because of my pushing away. So I was laughing the other day. I told him it's in one conversation, dude, you're so stressed. Just relax a little bit. And he was really irritated by that comment. 
And then two days later, we're chatting about something and he looks at me, he goes, see your face right now. You see, you are the stressed one. You're really irritated. It's not really me. <laughs> and I laughed inside at him because I thought, ah, isn't this a perfect example? He's so stressed, but he thinks I'm stressed. I'm not stressed at all. And now I'm like eating my humble pie as I'm writing this list. I'm thinking it's not as simple as, <laughs> as I felt two days ago. You know, it's true that I'm also really, really, really stressed whenever he talks to me. And it's not his stress that I'm feeling. It is my hidden stress. Here's the thing. Nobody can make, like, if I'm really, really, really angry and I start screaming up about people and you go, wow, I was in such a good mood. This person is ruining my mood, is making me feel angry now as well. The real truth is that that anger existed before I showed up inside of you. It was just hidden away, tucked away really nicely. So you didn't have to look at it, but I cannot make anger appear inside of you. Anger is already dormant there. I can help activate it. You can activate your anger through my actions, through my energy. But if there is zero anger, I cannot make you angry just by my anger. Like again, in an extreme example, we've all done this like with children, hopefully, or I've done this with my children. At times, my children have triggered me. They've triggered you. They've probably triggered most parents where you lose yourself in that emotion. And then you think the child has made me this way. And then there are times where the child did the exact same or very similar thing and you are totally relaxed. At the extreme example, we can always imagine a Buddha, the idea of a Buddha, the metaphor of a Buddha, and think, well, a Buddha, you could stab him and hit him and nothing inside of him would move, right? Because there is, he's empty space, he's peace. There's no, nothing I can activate through anger because those frequencies are so misaligned. He doesn't receive that. And so when this person is making me, when any person in your life is making you fill in the blank, something negative you don't want. I'm not saying and advocating that everybody has to then make it their goal to hang out with that person all day long and conquer and overcome this. Sometimes we're just not ready yet, right? So we take, it takes some time. But the realization that it's not them, they don't give you this feeling. They don't make this feeling an violently injected in you, that feeling was there already. They just awoke it. They just, you know, they, they were the spark, but the, all the material for this fire was inside of you all along. You're just ignoring it. And this person is now your inconvenient truth that you're a really angry person. You're pretending all day to be calm, to be nice. And then this person says something, you get really angry. And then you're like, this person really makes me angry. I'm always nice to everybody else. Motherfucker, you're just pretending to everybody else more successfully. This is a person you cannot pretend with. This is why spouses, and what, what is this? Some saying, I don't know who wrote this or said this. It's like, if you think you're, I don't know, if you think you're light and go visit your family, right? Like, it's the, your children, your parents, your lovers that create the worst versions of yourself sometimes. Where you're like, all my friends would say I'm calm. Only you make me this. And it's like, yeah, because all your friends are not close enough to you to make you see your truth. Only this woman, only this man, only this parent, only this child is getting to your heart fully and exposes who you truly are. You are a really angry person. You're just hiding it all day long successfully. If you're not, it is at the ultimate ideal impossible to make you feel something that is not inside of you, right? To a lesser idealized version, it should be way more difficult. 
Yes, if somebody hits you or your children, things that you'll step into action with aggression, all that is fine. And that there's extreme situations where you'll get angry, fine, we're all humans. But if you ask yourself really why you're getting irritated or angry or upset or that, it's usually, it's not those, it's not those monumentally big actions, you know? It's a buzzing in a sentence. It's a couple of words, pixels on a page. Nobody killed anybody. <laughs> nobody came in with a hammer and hit you on the head. So where did all, you were so calm and serene a moment ago, and now you're pacing up and down in the room. Fists are clenched. You know, your, your jaw is tension. You're like, you're, 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 you're angry. Where did all this come from? It was already inside of you. It was already hidden beautifully inside of you. Nobody did anything to you. You did this. They just exposed it. And it's, uh, it's inconvenient. You know, it's not always pretty. This morning, I made a list. And I was with him. That's why I, th I did receive the message once while doing yoga. He is your current challenge, your current mantra, your current meditation, your current he. He's triggering something inside of you that is important. Stay with him. He has something to teach you. And then I started seeing him in my dreams. I was like, okay, there's something I need to do. But I was still stuck in the last three weeks in that framework that it's really his fault. That was really, if I'm really honest, that was what I was feeling. My mind was like, oh, I should make a list. Mm -hmm. How should I deal with him? My emotions were like, why is he the way he is right now? He is not good. He is not healthy. He is, he is wrong. That was what I was feeling. And this morning, as I innocently started writing and then sort of tripped into this, well, what if I was with him? Every single thing that I wrote down about him in relation to him and to the things that we have conflict on, every single thing is true for me. Everything, like I'm selfish about our relationship. I'm stressed about this topic. I am, all the things that I was seeing in him were a reflection of really ugly sides of me in this area. And not just ugly, also things that I really did not want to see about myself in this situation. This is the tricky part. It's the thing we are least willing to see within ourselves that others expose to us in ways that really affect us. The things that I have an easy time seeing in myself, they are not getting triggered as hardly as intensely by others. But the thing that I'm really intensely triggered by is the thing I'm least prepared to see about myself. That's the beauty of the people that are... Uh, what is Dick Schwartz calling them? Your tormentors, right? Like the people that torment you, but they are your mentors, right? They're these people that, that, you know, that have incredible things to teach you. And back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, I thought, I, I would even sometimes joke that this person that's really irritating you is your kind of your $100,000, you know, life coach, you know, you have to learn to deal with them because that's going to be a really valuable skill. But I still back then, a decade ago, thought about it in the framework of you should be so strong, so amazing, so strategic that even the worst person cannot affect you, cannot touch you. That's the thing you're trying to attain, the place you try to get to, which is total bullshit. I mean, it, it makes sense back then. But today I see it totally different. The people that torment you the most are the clearest mirror of who you are in this moment and don't want to accept and see. And uh, it was beautiful. Like once I wrote it down, 
I mean, it's not pretty. I'm not proud of it. I looked at it and I was a little deflated for half a second. It was like, yeah, I'm still not as awesome as I think I should be. These things are still part of who I am and they're probably going to be part of who I am my whole life. That's the humbling truth. But it was also a great, today, it was a great and beautiful relief for me. I was like, ah, oh my God, how could I not see this for three weeks? And it washed away so much fear and stress and anxiety. I'm like, what do I do? What do I, how do I handle this person? So important to me, but this is really difficult for me right now. And I don't want it. And what do, and this, the struggle just melted away. Once I realized it's me, I went, oh, okay. I guess I can. I can become less selfish. I, I guess I can. I can take a look at this and figure out why I'm so afraid and stressed about it and ponder this and get a better relationship. Oh, I can also be more loving towards my friend because I understand how he feels because he feels probably very similar to how I felt the last three weeks about him. He feels about me. He feels maybe something slightly differently, like being rejected and being judged and, you know, all kinds of things that feel terrible, right? And at the core, I know this is a beautiful person. And there were moments, moments, only seconds here and there where I almost was tempted to make him bad, you know, to go, he's a bad person right now and bad influence. And I should just expel him from my kingdom and not allow him into my life and heart anymore. And now I feel terror when I think about that. I'm like, wow, this is a person that I love so much. And look how close I came at moments to want to cast him away forever, right? This is how much I was not ready and willing to look at these parts of myself at this truth. Holy fucking shit, you know? So I'm really, I'm really uh, grateful for this morning. And I didn't, like, I didn't intend to do this this morning. Like I, I had a couple of failed attempts to work through it, to write letters, to do things. Nothing really worked. And then this morning I was just in this little contemplative state and I started writing about, you know, people as like the, these powerful mirrors that they are for us. And then I thought, oh, well, how do I see people in my life right now? And then first example that popped up was a little bit, I think in hindsight, again, it's funny that the first example was not the hardest. The first example was an easy example that popped up in my mind. And I didn't premeditate this, but because I went through the exercise, I was like, oh, interesting. And then his name popped up and I was ready and willing to, to really look at it. And now the, now the, the work begins, but now the work is not scary. This is the beautiful thing about when you, at least when you believe to see the truth, when you experience a truth for yourself, Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes it's very difficult. Many times it is not pretty. But I find it never to be as scary as the lie, right? The truth, no matter how monumental of a, of a mountain it is that I have to climb now, I go, oh, but I get it. I just have to climb this mountain. It's going to be difficult. Da, 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 this, it's going to take, but people have done it before and the task is clear. To me, that is very soothing. I go, okay, I'll get to work now. It is when I'm in lies where I'm kind of like in this labyrinth and everything is morphing and changing and dark and I have so much fear and anxiety and doubt and I'm confused. It's in that state that I'm tormented and that I'm suffering. But when I see the truth, even if it's really ugly and unflattering, and even if it requires a lot of work for me, I go, oh, okay, I get it. I can do this, you know? This is clear. At least I know what needs to be done. And I'm, I'm excited now. Let's see. Well, you can check in with me in a couple of weeks. 
and see how the, the relationship is going. But for now, I'm excited to get on my way because I know now where the path is leading and do the work and resolve this and to each other again and find a way that I can enjoy this person that's important to me um, and not be tormented by them.